Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. Let's go back to this visualization. If you send him things that you are learning while he's talking with God and he's trying to be respectful of it, he has to stop what he's doing with God to take you seriously. Okay. I am more than happy if you put it in a place where if he's on lunch break with his visit with God and he can come out and look at what you left available to him, I'm okay with that. So if you send an email that says, hey, this is what's on my mind, this is what I've been learning, if you're in a position to do so, but we can't leave it there and go, well, the whole reason you went up into the mountain is so you could read my letters, right? I mean, that's the whole point of you being there is to take me seriously. No, that's not why he's there. He's getting further light and knowledge that no human can teach him. Okay, I want to make it clear. When I'm working with these men, I'm not God. I'm trying to help them get to the top of the mountain and open the window so they can get revelation from him, not me. So you don't ask him, what did Maurice teach you? That is not what he's doing up there. This isn't where he goes for Maurice to teach him. I'm John the Baptist, not Jesus Christ. I lead them to the mountain. And if he goes up there and he says, oh, man, I was up there for 10 days. I got nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. Now, is it possible to work for 10 days and get zero revelation? Yeah. Is that sad and disappointing? Yeah. Okay. Can you spend 10 days trying to get revelation, get nothing? Can pioneers work for 10 days to gather supplies and still not have what they need? Okay, yes. So how do you respond when someone does not bring what you need? All right, this is why we really want to push that pioneer woman mode. Now, why is checking up not a good idea? Let's keep using this pioneer analogy. And if you're having, if you have a traveling partner crossing the plains, all right, you have some really hard decisions to make about whether or not to continue the journey with somebody. All right. Now, of course, the most useful thing for them to do is to participate fully in going out to gather resources. Okay, that would be a no-brainer. Like, hey. Even if you just get a bunch of sticks in 10 hours, that's better than nothing. I just, anytime you go and gather from nature instead of from my wagon, it adds value for the whole team. 
It adds value for the whole team. So we retain the logical awareness of that. But the question becomes, what if they're not doing that? So you may have to get to the point where you sit on a rock next to them. You say, I, notwithstanding, I like you and I would prefer to travel with you. It is unwise for me to continue this journey with you in your current condition. It's just unwise for me to keep going on this with the way you contribute or don't contribute. I'm sad, but it's just unwise. Okay, now, can we all join hands in how horrifying that would be to say to someone on the Pioneer Trail, like, I have to leave you here on this rock or else the rest of us are going to die. We can't keep carrying your, the load of you with us. Right now, there's a possible alternative, all right? Now, if when you do your pioneer woman work, all right, and you're spending time with God and you spend some time in the mountain or something, and your husband says something like, or God says something like this about your husband, I'm sad your husband got kicked in the head by a buffalo and he can no longer think and contribute. So he's going to lay in your wagon in a broken condition for an unknown length of time. And although it's a burden to you, I would ask of you to continue to pull him in your handcart. See, this is where I am not entitled to your personal revelation. Women have been told to suffer the disappointments of not having a fully healthy husband. And they end up pulling him in a wagon for 30 years. That is a possibility, but only God can say whether or not this person is being an unnecessary burden or is a, a disappointment in his contribution. Many of you women would have no problem at all if your husband went to war and got his legs blown off and you had to spend the rest of your life working with a husband who had no legs. And he would go, just push me off a bridge. I'm just a burden to you. And you're like, I have switched my brain around and I am not going to push you off a bridge just because your loss of legs is an inconvenience. Okay. But there's some horrifying challenges that come when the revelation you're given is to leave him behind. It's a similar to if you have a lame horse and the wisest thing to do is to put a bullet in the horse's head and move on without it. Okay, so ladies, this is a very agonizing choice to make. Do you continue to pull the wagon with a husband in a not ideal condition who is not really functioning like a husband because he's just dead weight in some cases? Okay, or is it wiser to leave him behind for an unknown length of time? All right, you have a right to either one of them, but you have to have take the responsibility to get revelation according to which one is best. Now, don't make a decision with the intent to teach him a lesson. Don't, you, anytime you have the idea in your head, if I do this, will that teach him? If I do this, will that teach him? You are messing with something as close to blasphemy as I've seen in the modern day when you try to take over, okay, when you try to take over the educational process of another person's brain. Here's one of the easiest ways to fill this one. 
how would you feel and respond if he did things to teach you a lesson? Do you feel how offensive that is right off the bat? Okay, as if you need a man to teach you how to be a woman. Okay, it is really damaging when I've got husbands and wives trying to do things covertly or overtly designed to teach the other person a lesson. So Maurice, if I sit down across from him and I say to him, I'm going to have to leave you behind, do you think that'll teach him the lesson? No, 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 no. We're not doing this to teach him a lesson. We're doing this because it's the revelation you got on the next step to take. Any questions so far? Now, the revelation you get tomorrow might reverse everything. Okay. Amber just said, I've gotten both revelations. Okay. Which is completely normal for God. Okay. Should I turn left? Should I turn left? Should I turn left? No, go straight. Should I turn left? Should I turn left? Should I turn left? No, go straight. Should I turn left? Should I turn left? No, go straight. Now turn left. What? Okay. Can you make up your mind? This is one of the hard parts about being a tool in the hands of God, being a servant of God. He has the right to change his mind at any time. And he usually does so with wisdom that we don't have. And so... You can't ask him, what should I do for the next six months? You can't ask him, what should, this is the, this is, would be nice because then we would have some psychological security knowing what are we doing for the next month? What are we doing for the next week? What are we doing for the next year? I join you in having the preference for a clearly outlined plan for the next 12 months. I'll let you know when God does that for me. Okay, but he hasn't done that yet. All right, so we have a vague plan. We work towards it, and then we turn left, we turn right, we go straight, we stop according to our daily or hourly revelations. You have just finished listening to another principle that is one of many that you will find in a special class that I've put together called the Marriage Repair Workshops and the Lazarus Lectures. This is a compilation of principles that I have pulled from my years of training, study, and therapeutic experience designed to give you the tools, the vision, the ideas, Everything that is necessary to take a relationship that has experienced catastrophic levels of unpleasantness and falling apart and rebuild it almost as if raising it from the dead. Please follow the links and attend at least one of our marriage repair workshops so that you can get a feel for what you will learn and get your attachment to the multimedia classroom that holds videos, audios, articles from me and several other specialists that we call the Lazarus Lectures, a 40-lesson series building from one principle to another so that you can discover what is necessary 
to pull off a miracle in your relationship. I hope you'll find great value in this. I hope those of you who find yourselves unable to afford the thousands of dollars necessary to attend a marriage therapist, especially one that's really good and is not as available as we would like therapists to be, please, please, Study this material in the Lazarus Lectures and attend the Marriage Repair Workshops so that we can help you get things back to the way you want them. We'll see you then.